one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm an award-winning blogger, YouTuber, life coach, badass entrepreneur, manifester, and author. My mission is to awaken and to inspire women to live their best lives now and to find their purpose in life. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and to start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. So thank you so much guys for joining me for another one of my Spiritual Queens Badass Podcast episodes. I am so, so, so excited for this episode today because I have followed this amazing woman's work for a few years now. I've read many of her books, so it is an honor to have her here today. So without further ado, I have the wonderful Marianne Williamson with us today. So Marianne, if you don't know, is a best-selling author, nonprofit and political activist and spiritual thought leader. For over three decades, Marianne has been a leader in spiritual and religiously progressive circles. She is the author of 14 books, including A Return to Love, four of which have been a number one New York Times bestseller. So welcome to the podcast, Marianne. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. My absolute pleasure. I'm so excited to chat with you today after following your work for some years now. So one question I love to ask each of my guests as they come on the podcast is, when did you spiritually awaken? What is your story? Well, I don't ascribe to the Eureka theory of spiritual transformation. I don't think there's one moment, you know, Paul on the road to Damascus type of thing. I think we mature. And I was fortunate enough uh, growing up to uh, have a family that, you know, God just is. There was no question about that. And I, when I was even a teenager, I took a class when I was in summer school when I was 14 years old. And the class was called The Philosophical Approaches to the Question of God. And I remember when I first saw that sentence in a brochure, I was just blown away by it. And then as I grew older, I went to school, et cetera, went to college, I realized, and this is still true, I am always fascinated by comparative religion uh, and philosophy and spirituality, whether it is academic or non-academic. I'm as excited to read St. Augustine, St. Aquinas, uh, Thomas Aquinas and Hegel as I am uh, to read uh, esoteric um, information um, Alan Watts, Ram Dass, uh, Course in Miracles, etc. So that um, 
interest in issues of the higher mind has always been with me. And then I think uh, what I said before, we mature. Mm -hmm. uh, we go through enough experiences in life. And of course, at this point, there's been such a mainstreaming, which there wasn't when I was growing up, but of this larger non-denominational uh, spiritual conversation. I think it just shows where the civilization is moving as we leave behind us um, the very strict, uh, it was a product of the industrial revolution, both in, in, in your country and in mine, a strict uh, rationalistic mechanistic perspective that grew out of the scientific and the industrial revolutions. It was a British physicist, James Jeans, who said, it turns out that the world is not a big machine, but rather one big thought. This is just the flow of where we're all going. And I think that that is more interesting and more relevant to the times in which we live than any one particular person's story. Absolutely. I love that. And like you say, you know, it's not <clears throat> just kind of one eureka moment as such for some people it may be, but as I, you know, I've kind of been on my spiritual path for five years now, and I've noticed every single year I meet a different version of myself. Every single right. year I awaken right. in a different way, and I think that's going to continue on for, you know, until our last breath. Decades, decades to come, Emma, I promise you. <laughs> so I love how you explain that and describe that. So you mentioned A Course in Miracles, and I first came across A Course in Miracles, gosh, it must have been about three years ago now, through your work and Gabby Bernstein's. And I was like, everybody talks about this A Course in Miracles. What on earth is it? So I bought the big, big book off Amazon um, and started having a <coughs> through, and I was like, I'm lost already. So I actually ended up buying A Course in Miracles Made Easy and it sat with me so much better. And obviously through your own work and Gabby's work where you inter interweave it and intertwine it, um, it definitely resonated with me more. So for anybody listening who is like, what is A Course in Miracles? How did you come across this and what is it? A Course in Miracles describes itself as a psychological mind training in the relinquishment of a thought system based on fear which dominates this world and the acceptance instead of a thought system that is based on love. Uh, it has been described as a self-study program of spiritual psychotherapy. It is not a religion. There's no doctrine. There's no dogma. I began uh, reading it. I first saw it when I was in my mid-20s. I was living in New York City. And my first book, which you referred to earlier, Return to Love, I often call it the cliff notes of A Course in Miracles. It's that original Course in Miracles made easy um, concept of these are the basic principles. The material is dense. There are, there's a text, which is 600 and some odd pages, which are the intellectual abstract understanding of the ideas. And then the second volume is 365 days of exercises, lessons, meditation exercises that actually train the mind to think along the lines that the text sets forth. And that line, of course, has to do with shifting from a thought system uh, that dominates this world, that sees us as separate, that sees the world as dangerous, that sees each and every one of us as relatively powerless and does not posit our connection to any kind of a higher source, to one in which we recognize our deep unity that is the core aspect of our humanity, that we are bound together not only to one another, but to the creator out of which we all emerge. The idea that the world is safe because the truth of the matter is that we are all love and that we're on this earth to love. It is our forgetting that that causes all the chaos, fear, 
uh, and craziness and danger in the world. Um, I And I have recorded the lessons and people um, can download them and, and listen to me and watch me reading them every day. And, you know, it's just one of many paths. There's one truth with a capital T, no particular form, of Course in Miracles or any other, has a monopoly on the truth. You know, all the great religious and spiritual teachings are expressions. It's kind of kaleidoscopic of, of those profound universal truths. A Course in Miracles is the kind of thing where it's not for everybody, but if it's for you, you know it. Mm-hmm, definitely. And they say um, that it's like the most purchased book read the least. So why do you feel that people don't complete it or don't read enough of the book? We have tremendous resistance. The ego mind, which is the identity that, you know, and, and I want to say right here for your listeners, the there's a semantics issue here. Uh, the first therapist I ever had used to refer to the negative ego and the positive ego. That's a different use of the word. Uh, the way the Course in Miracles uses the word ego is the way the ancient Greeks did. The idea that there is a small separated self, like we're a wave in the ocean separated from the rest of the ocean. Well, if I think that I'm one wave separated by the rest of the, from the rest of the ocean, how could I not live in constant fear of annihilation by a wave that is bigger than myself? If you, however, realize you're part of the ocean, then you realize the power of the ocean belongs to you. The ego mind is obliterated in the light of truth. As soon as I realize that while on the level of the, the physical, you're in England and I'm in the United States, on the level of spirit, there's no place where you stop and I start. Mm-hmm. The moment I realize that, my ego is obliterated. My, my ego is rendered powerless. All of my attitudes, all of my energy, all of my perspective changes. The moment I realize that actually you're not separate from me, therefore what I do to you, I'm doing to myself. What I withhold from you, I'm withholding from myself. Uh, um, holding a space for your good is holding space for my good. As soon as I go there in my mind, the ego is rendered null and void. So the ego is invested in telling me not to go there. The ego is invested in in, uh, convincing me I really shouldn't read this book. The ego is uh, is invested in um, doing whatever it will take to make me avoid the information that will lead me back to God, love, unity, consciousness, whatever it, you call it, in the presence of which the ego cannot be. The ego is the, ego is the, is the fear. It's the, the fear-based mind and its relation to, relationship to love as the same as the relationship of darkness to light. You turn on the light, the darkness simply isn't there anymore. You turn on the love, the ego it, it begins to be dismantled. Mm, I love that. And I love that analogy as well, where it's almost that resistance back to that unconditional. We have a lot of resistance to it. We all know that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, definitely. So let's talk about your first book, A Return to Love. So this was your first book that I read and I absolutely devoured it so quickly. I loved it. So thank you. What does A Return to Love mean to you and what are your tips for us? Okay, so every moment we're making a decision. Sometimes it's a conscious decision and sometimes it's an unconscious decision, but at every moment we're deciding, will my heart be open? Am I going to take your needs, your reality, your feelings as important as mine? Or am I only going to be thinking about myself? Am I going to be um, basing my evidence of who you are on everything you do and say, or am I going to be basing my evidence 
on who I know you to be in my heart? Am I going to be more tempted to blame you or more tempted to bless you? Uh, it's kind of like yoga where you rework your physical uh, muscles, you rework your attitudinal muscles. The return to love is the moment in which I withdraw my allegiance to the fear-based thinking of the world and accept instead the truth of who I am, which is love. A return to love happens on two different levels. One level is on the level of who we are in any given moment. And then of course it happens on a global level. Uh, there are so many examples of humanity as a whole being so disconnected from the basic core principles of love as to have taken us to a point that is genuinely threatening for the survival of our species. So we need a return to love, not only in terms of our capacity to find inner peace, but also our uh, capacity to find outer peace, which is the only survivable option for the human race and for your children and for your great grandchildren and mine. Absolutely. And, you know, that's so intertwined into the ego work in terms of the inner work that comes up. And it's so true that unless we really work on that inner harmony and that inner love, you know, it then reflects into the outer. It always has to start within us first. And I think that's definitely one of the biggest lessons I took away from your book and even how to surrender into that place of, you know, healing the ego, healing the inner critic and moving back into that receiving place of, you know, unconditional love from source, from the universe and from myself as well. So I definitely highly recommend that book to anybody listening if you're resonating with what we're saying here. So Thank let's you. talk about the, the current climate that we find ourselves in. When I read your book two years ago, it's a very different world to where we are now. So how can we navigate the global space that we're in both spiritually and actively? You know, Gandhi said we must be the change that we want to see happen in the world because he said that the end is inherent in the means. A generation that is filled with chaos and fear and anger will not be able to birth a peaceful, harmonious world. So we have to work on our, own, um, on our own evolution, on our own transformation. The ego is, will always tempt us to point at other people and to um, gauge whether or not we think they're doing okay. But the issue is for us to turn our attention back to ourselves, to prepare ourselves every morning, to be vessels of love, vessels of peace, to, to bless the people that we are going to see that day, to send our love before us, to dedicate our relationships to love, to dedicate our work to love. And this is not just idea. This is something that trickles down into a gut attitudinal response to life. The most important thing I, I believe, based not only on everything I've read, but also my own experience, is the power of the morning. If, if you wake up in the morning and you allow yourself, your consciousness to be, um, impressed upon by the chaotic assault of today's data, all of the stress, all of the chaos, all of the um, reasons to fear, whether it has to do with our politics or the pandemic, then it's very difficult to find all that love we're talking about here. Now, in A Course in Miracles, it is as I said, 365 days, there's a lesson every day, but many paths, whatever the mantra is, transcendental meditation, Kabbalistic meditation, um, Buddhist meditation, when you say, how do you do it? Uh, 
just like in AA, they say we seek through prayer and meditation, conscious contact. Just knowing these principles abstractly uh, is not enough to change ourselves and it's not enough to change the world. So morning, morning, morning. Some people who are listening to you right now, Emma, they already know what their path is and they're walking it and they're just nodding their head. Mm -hmm. Other people are listening to us right now going, you know, I think I do know, but I haven't been doing it. I haven't been going to it daily. Yeah. Just like physical exercise. It works if you do it. Mm -hmm. And others are saying to themselves, I'm open to that idea, but I don't know what the path would be for me. I don't know what the book would be for me. I don't know what the teaching would be for me. And to that person, I say, just ask in your heart and books are going to fall at your feet. Something will just show up on your computer. Maybe it will have to do with this uh, uh, specific uh, Course in Miracles that we're talking about today, but maybe it won't. Um, there are so many things out there and it's all on our computers. So uh, if if, if uh, we call out in our hearts, I need a teacher. The ultimate teacher is internal. It's called the internal teacher in the course. The form of teaching will find you. Absolutely. And it's, you know, putting that trust in, you know, the universal <clears throat> God, that kind of outer presence to, to guide us along our path and guide us to what we need to know at that time. But I am full, I'm on the same page with you in terms of the daily practice. I swear by mine. I am lost if I don't do my little morning ritual of gratitude, Me meditation. And I think, you know, I don't know about you, Marianne, but for me over the last year, I think that's been the one thing that's kept me grounded. That's kept me just focused when the outside world has felt so chaotic, right? Absolutely. If you don't ground yourself in the internal foundation of peace and harmony and love before you go out into the world, the world will eat your life psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually. So let's just stop pretending. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The 
that it's anything else. Everybody says they have an anxiety disorder. The world has an anxiety disorder because the world is so disconnected from the things that matter most. Returning to love means returning to core values. And that once again, is not just a psychological or an intellectual practice, that's a spiritual practice. Mm, Absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk about what you're doing at the moment. So what are you doing to look after yourself currently to stay in a positive mindset despite all the changes going on outside? Exactly what you and I are talking about. Um, When I do, here, let me see. Um, I am a student of the course, which is not to say I'm trying to sell it to anybody else because it's not everybody's path, but there are daily lessons in here and my doing them in the morning makes all the difference in the world. If you wake up in the morning, you know, it's just like you take a shower, you take a bath, you're going to take yesterday's dirt off your body before you go into the day, you, you de-stress with your meditation practice in the morning. Otherwise, you're not only taking your own stress, you're taking the stress of so many people around the world uh, today, especially with the pandemic and so forth. So that's the most important thing that I do. And I think that, you know, the word discipline and the word disciple come from the same root. And I understand abstractly principles enough that even though I'm not beyond going into anxiety, stress, fear, etc. I'm pretty much beyond justifying it to myself. I am a good enough intermediate student at all of this that I do try to catch myself. And most of the time and successful at doing that. And I remember what one of the most powerful lines in the Course in Miracles, I am willing to see this differently. Mm. Where am I choosing to hold on to the past rather than living in the present, knowing that the only thing in the past is the love I gave and the love others gave. Other than that, it just lives in my head. Where am I dragging shadow figures from my past into the present? Where am I not letting the miracle interrupt linear time and give birth to a new future because I I let go the past? Where am I playing victim? Where am I judging someone? The Course in Miracles says you can have a grievance or you can have a miracle, you cannot have both. The Course in Miracles defines a miracle as a shift in perception from fear to love. So you have to do the work. Where are you, you know, and once again, the ego wants to make it about other people. My problem is other people's behavior. My problem is conditions outside myself. But you learn as you grow spiritually that life really is not just about what happens to you. It's about the space you choose to inhabit within what is happening or what has happened to you. And that's the work. And it's a full-time assignment, but it makes all the difference in whether we're in pain or in peace. Amen to that. It's so true. And awareness is really so powerful, like you say, because it's having that awareness to then shift yourself back into love, to shift yourself out from fear back into love um, and recognize maybe when those thoughts or limiting beliefs are coming up or patterns from the past, et cetera, or whether you're letting the past project onto the now, you know, making that conscious shift and awareness is, is where the power lies. Well, you know, you keep saying the word awareness and that's thought. You're absolutely right. The Course in Miracles says all thought creates form on some level. And that's why when I said discipleship and discipline, the Course in Miracles says you you achieve so little because you have an undisciplined mind. 
we are too easily tempted into victim. We're too easily tempted into judgment and blame. We're too te easily tempted into negativity. We have to take some responsibility for changing our muscles. Look, with your physical body and your mind, it's the same thing. Whether you're talking about your physical muscles or your attitudinal muscles, after a certain age, if you're not work at working at holding them up, they're headed down. There is psychological gravity and emotional gravity and even spiritual gravity in this world, just like there's physical gravity. I, if you just uh, hang out on a couch, let's say you're 50 years old and you just hang out on the couch all day and you don't get any physical exercise or do any cardio or whatever it is. Uh, and I think a lot of us have, that's one of the things about COVID, I think. I, I know in my in my own case, and I think in a lot of people's. Um, at first, it was funny, at the beginning of the pandemic, I'd never really quite thought about it this way, but I think I'm not the only person who experienced this. I allowed myself to be lazier mm -hmm. about food and exercise when the pandemic began because I justified it with comfort that I was giving myself but who knew it was going to last this long <laughs> right and then realizing that I was paying a price in the sense of um, the greater anxiety and tension and and, and uh, you know depression that we are heir to when we're not moving our bodies when we're not taking care of, of what we eat and our nutrition it's no different with your spiritual practice. It's taking responsibility for what's going on in your mind and in your body, because absolutely it will determine uh, your peace of mind or, or lack of it. Absolutely. It's so true. Even I did that where when COVID and lockdowns happened, I obviously stopped going to my dance classes and then exactly. sat on the couch a bit more, watch a bit more right. Netflix and then mm -hmm. thought, oh, I can treat myself to these nice things. And then I realized, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I really Me too. I realized that I really do. And it was like, you know, since when did you become such a chocolate eater? <laughs> used to see it as just a, used to see it as like every once in a while, how come they're always in the house? You know, it's like, yeah. But I think a lot of people are like realizing that after a year of this, um, gotta, gotta pull ourselves up a little bit. Absolutely. And like you say, take care of mind, body, and spirit as well. Cause they all mind, body, and spirit. Mind. Um, so let's talk more about manifesting and, and abundance because here on the podcast, we talk all things law of attraction. So you've also written a book on abundance, divine compensation. So what are your top tips for manifesting and abundance? The, the issue in life is to devote everything that you are and everything that you do to that which is larger than yourself. So there is an altar. The altar is in your mind. And what you put on the altar is then altered because all experience derives from thought. If I put my career on the altar, that means may everything that I create, everything I do in the world, all of my professional relationships be dominated by thoughts of love. The altar means giving it to that which is higher, giving that to, to that which is higher means giving to that which is more loving. That which, when your career, everything we do in Course in Miracles terms, each of us is here to be a minister of God. Whether you are, you could be an office assistant, you could be a scientist, you could be an artist, you could be a teacher, you could be <clears throat> any number of career options. 
but that which is the passion within you is what they call in the East your Dharma. And you ask from a devotional place, you ask that the path be paved before you by which you might be of greatest service to all living things, past, present, and future. When you do that, you put yourself in the spiritual Gulf Stream. You know, you, you put yourself in a very, very high um, line of development by which you're, you're putting your, there will be angels at your back. You will have what Martin Luther King called cosmic companionship. Just like a flower, if you put a vase of flowers in your house, they will bend towards the sunlight. Everything bends towards love. But when you're keeping something only about yourself, there's no sunlight. The sunlight is, I want this to serve the world. You know, you were talking about law of attraction. One of the interesting things about law of attraction, if you actually look at the book, The Secret, when it came out, I was looking one day at the, um, the flap you know, the, the things written about her on the flap. There was some quote from her that her goal with the book was to make billions of people happy. Hello. Mm -hmm. Just devote, you know, stop making it so much about yourself. That's where, where people get stuck. Because if you make anything about yourself, my career, my money, my this, my that, you're actually deflecting the miracle. Because miracles are born of love. They're not born of selfishness. So you want to shift, you know, enlightenment is a shift in self-perception from body identification to spirit identification. We have become too self-referenced, way too self-referenced. And the ego even loves to use spiritual language. So, you know, love, Jesus did not arrive on the earth to say, love myself. He said, love one another. Mm -hmm. do, we, do we have to love ourselves? Of course we do. But you don't wait until you love yourself enough before you love other people. Because the other people are you. It works both ways. I can't love other people until I see the innocence in myself. But I can't learn to love myself if I'm not practiced at loving you. Mm -hmm. And when you see your career within just as you do with your podcast, the, the hope that everybody could possibly be served by it. You know, it, it can be either, oh, I wonder how many people are watching and what I can get out of it or whatever. That's very low level thinking. It's not going to attract abundance, but rather, wow. Like in your case, in my case, it's an intergenerational dialogue. It's all kinds of cool things. Wow, may her energy and her intelligence combine with my energy and my intelligence so that exponentially we can do more than either of us could do by ourselves. And may everybody who could possibly be served by it, find it. And may it be a blessing on everybody who's watching or listening. That's the highest success and abundance and manifestation mentality that there is. 100% agree with you, 100%. And like you say, when you take yourself out of that first person perspective of I could get this or I could obtain this and actually, you know, how could that serve the world? How could by manifesting that help other people feel happier or whatever? And I think when you look at that, that bigger perspective <clears throat> of how your manifestations can help the world and help humanity and help other people and bring smiles to people's faces, as well as your own, of course, you know, I think, like you say, that is the true essence of abundance and the true essence of receiving and co-creating as well with source with God with the universe so I love how you put that it was beautiful so my last question to you today Marianne is what is one piece of life advice you'd like to leave my listeners with enjoy what's happening more 
suck the juice out of what's happening more. We're so obsessed, the ego mind would have us so obsessed with the past and so obsessed with the future that we miss the present, we miss the moment. And um, I know you probably have some younger audience. Enjoy being young. Don't miss this. Mm -hmm. Don't miss out on this moment. This moment will not pass again. Too many people miss the moment. Every moment is one that is a field of infinite possibility. Think every day just about all the love that you can give. The past, the past is over. It can touch me not is one of the exercises in the course. The love you gave is eternal. The love you received is eternal. Everything else is washed away. And one of the exercises in the course is I place the future in the hands of God. It's like the Sermon on the Mount. Let tomorrow be anxious for itself. Enjoy yourself more. Celebrate what remains. Be grateful for what is. Don't forget to dance. Don't forget to listen to music. Don't forget to love each other and let the rest of life handle itself. That would be my advice. I love that. And I think I definitely needed a reminder today as well in terms of good moment. <laughs> good. I think it's, you know, just so easy for us to get caught up. I mean, I'm 27 myself and I know that throughout most of my 20s, I've been in this like quiet rush to do so much or get places or do things. And now I'm like nearly 30 and I'm like, whoa, imagine if you just enjoyed that more and appreciate uh, it. I'm, I'm so glad you have gotten there. I'm so glad you've gotten there. I see way too many young people thinking that they have to, you know, already be on that wheel. And these are the years to not be on that wheel. What more will happen later, marriage, children, career, all kinds of things. Don't, don't forget to enjoy your youth. So I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad you got there. Thank you. And I think as well, it's been that discovery of self of actually, do you know what these are the years for me right now and like loving myself and discovering who I am. And I think if I could tell my younger self anything, it would be that of like, don't worry about men. Don't worry about the business. You're going to be fine. Like enjoy you and get to know you first. I mean, is there anything you would share with your younger self? Everything that we just said, relax, enjoy more, relax, Read, read more literature and poetry and go to more museums and listen to more concerts and, 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 and just enjoy the moments that you have. Mm -hmm. Worry less about what's going to happen. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about what's going to happen. The, full, the more fully you live in the present, the fuller the future will be. You program the future in the present. So if you're worrying about everything in the present, all you're going to do is create a future that is something to worry about. Mm -hmm. Manifesting for you, like you say. So. Manifest love. Manifest love. Don't worry so much about manifesting things. Manifest love and the things will come to by themselves. I love that. Amazing advice. Thank you, Marianne. So where You're can so my welcome. lovely... Where can my lovely listeners find you if they want to learn? Uh, thank you. Thank you. They can go to Marianne.com, M-A-R-I-A-N-N-E. And of course, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. I'm pretty active there. Twitter, Twitter for the political stuff. But all the personal transformation uh, things are on Instagram, Marianne.com and Facebook. 
Brilliant. And I'll put a clickable link to Marianne's website as well below. So you have an easy access link as well to all of her wonderful work. But thank you so much, Marianne, for today. Thank you, Emma. Thank you. God bless you, honey. It has honestly been a pleasure to have you here. And I'm so excited for what else is to come for you and also for everybody to check out more of your work. So thank you so much. Thank you. Right back at you. So thank you so much guys for listening to another one of my podcast episodes. I really hope you've enjoyed Marianne and I's conversation today. As always, if you would like to find out more about Marianne's work, you can find a clickable link in the description below. And of course, if you want to find out more about my coaching, myself and all I have to offer with my videos, etc., you can find it all on my website, emmamumford.co.uk. So thank you so much guys for listening. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here because I would love, love to see you again soon don't forget you can join my free law of attraction support group over on facebook where you can join myself and other like-minded souls where we talk all things law of attraction and spirituality i hope you have a great week whatever you're up to and i'll see you all in my next podcast episode which will be next week lots of love guys ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.